and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this cover story is about one of the more colorful brands in India. It's a household name. It is a byword for innovation. It was almost snuffed out back in 2007 when it was at its lowest ebb and since then it has survived and often thrived in its field. I'm talking about Titan's Tanishq which is on the cover in this issue and to talk with me more about this story is its author Samar Srivastava the assistant editor. Hi Samar nice to have you back again. Thank you Abhishek thank you for having me. What do you think makes Tanishq such an intriguing subject it's been around for a while I believe the first store was opened back in 1996 as somebody who has spent so much time researching on it in the past few months what do you make of the brand Simply put Tanishq is a great brand and as you rightly said it started in 1996 by Titan when they were looking at other business areas to get into so up until then Titan had been a very very successful watch company now here you need to remember why Titan decided to get into jewelry you know that that thought process was we need categories where there is a design element and we need categories that are largely catered to by the unorganized sectors initially they started exporting to europe they'd done this in in typical titan style where they'd hired the best designers the best design houses in paris etc etc that bombed completely and they pulled out of the european market and set up the first store in india in chennai in 1996 tanishq initially had a rough start because a lot of the designs were european shop floor assistants didn't really know how to deal with customers etc etc tanishq never made money so much so that in 2001 the board was questioning as to why should they really even be in this business when watches was the profitable category and tanishq was making the company lose more money than watches were making so the company was in losses now since then tanishq has gone on to do phenomenally well and you know there's a quote in my story which says that they really are the masters of 2000 square feet retail where their watch shops are also roughly 2000 square feet in size and punished is anywhere between 2 and 3000 square feet so i've taken you to 1996 to 2001 2001 to 2008 was primarily a period of consolidation where the company got golden diamond jewelry sales up and they figured out how to make the tanish model work fast forward to 2013 and titan is fantastically profitable they've got post tax margins of 10 12% very soon you'll be a 2 billion dollar company and it's doing fantastically well over the 5 billion dollar market cap right and what did you set out to investigate in this cover story Around 2011 the economy started slowing and as a result consumer spending also started slowing and this really got exacerbated last year when last festive season so last Diwali when gold sales really pick up sales of the company actually declined so that was a real shocker for them and you need also need to remember that that's when the gold price had fallen and so people were obviously a little careful while buying gold but the interesting dilemma that the company faces goes a little beyond that titan has very successfully incubated tanishq and that's gone on to really sort of do off everything else the company has done so tanishq in itself is a 100000 crore opportunity that's a 20 billion dollar opportunity where is the next big idea where is the next big tanishq this is what investors keep asking and that's the question that investors keep asking but when i started looking at the company i realized that they don't really need another tanishq because they can keep growing at 20% a year now when you're compounding at 20% a year you're essentially doubling your business every 3 and 1/2 years 
So I mean, if you're compounding so rapidly, why would you really want to risk everything on finding that next big idea and taking Titan down along with it? And somewhere I suspect, although Bhaskar Bhatt is not going to say this openly, that's the way the company is also really approaching it. You mentioned Mr. Bhaskar Bhatt. He was on the cover. It was it 2010? What is your impression of the man who makes those decisions? Yeah. So our 2010 cover stories spoke more about how Bhaskar Bhatt had used the last decade to fix Titan and that was really fixing Tanish. The story also spoke about the fact that he didn't really want to take on the board because he clearly mentioned in the story that, you know, we could grow a lot more rapidly and we could get into new business lines, but that would mean a period of lower profitability. So you can imagine a, a man who's spent the last 10 years really sort of fixing the company obviously does not want to take that risk. And that's clearly understandable. This time when I met Bhaskar, but I met him at a particularly interesting juncture when the company had come off its worst quarter by far. I tried to look back at all 30 years of sales. I couldn't find them, but in, in living memory, this was the first time sales had declined. So I met him at, at a time when he was obviously under a lot of stress. I would have imagined that he was retooling his company for a period of slower growth, but that's not what he was doing. He kept saying that we've got a robust business model, we figure out what the customer wants, and I'm quite sure that when consumer confidence and consumer spending returns, we are going to grow a lot more rapidly. When uh, results were declared in May for the Jan to March quarter, it was proven that his confidence was not without any foundation. What sales had grown rapidly, Tanishq had done fine, and the company uh, seems to be back on a growth path, and it seems that this will only improve in the next few quarters as consumer spending uh, gets more and more robust. Right, and one of the bigger challenges is that margins in the gold business are not as high as they are in the watch business. And the gold prices since 2000, they have gone up by, what, 13 or 14 times in the last uh, 15 years. Now, you write something about how did Tanishq still manage to wade through these times. You write something called immense working capital discipline. Could you please explain that? Working capital basically is the cash that is required for the daily running of business. Yeah, so, so it's very simple. Tanishq doesn't buy its gold. To that. You have something called nominated agencies. These are people that import gold into the country. And what Tanish essentially does is that they lease the gold from them and they then have about six months to pay back for the gold. Now, in this time period, the company doesn't want to take any risk on price fluctuations. And so what they do is essentially they buy the gold on, say, the 1st of January. They have six months to sell it and pay the nominated agencies off. They instantly forward sell the gold gold at a price that should be prevailing six months hence. They then make the sale anytime within those six months, and they then end up paying the agency off. So they're not taking any price risk. They're also not buying gold, so they're not spending a lot of money buying gold. They're just leaving it for those six months. What about the unorganized sector? They've always been around. Has the competition increased or decreased, or has Titan's strategy, Mr. Bhatt's strategy towards that sector changed, or is it the same throughout? That competition has always been there and will always be there. One interesting thing to look at is that Titan has entered into small town India with a brand called Gold Plus. And that is a distinctly different offering from Tanishq, although you're still selling gold, but the designs are different. The way someone described it to me, this is a place where the wife will buy what her husband wants to buy. This is a place where women may not even enter stores, etc., etc. And that offering competes directly with small town jewelers. And their Titan has not been very successful so far. And they've said that 
they haven't been able to differentiate their brand as much as they hoped they would be able to. Gold Plus is still relatively new, is still relatively recent, and they still have to go through that learning curve over there. Right. You touch a little bit about these accessories too, like Titan Eye, for instance, and I read a telling stats, 450 million Indians need vision correction and only 25% of them lenses. So that is a big market to be tapped as well. And the margins there are as high as the watch industry. Yes. Titan Eye is another interesting category they've gotten into. It's it's the third large category that they have in their portfolio. Again, they got into it for the same reasons that they've got into other categories. It was an unorganized business. There was a design and style element to it. And they realized that with 450 million Indians in need of vision correction and this is as a percentage number of people after Japan that need vision correction. Now, the market size is at best 3,500 crores. And look, even if Titan man- manages to capture 20, 30% of this market, it's still between 700 and 900 crores. So sure, it's a 1,000 crore business. It's got good margins. I believe it has the highest gross margins out of any of the businesses in the group. So let's let's assume for argument's sake 15, 16%. In the years to come, we can add as much as the 150 crores to 200 crores to the bottom line. So great. I mean, they've, they've successfully sort of entered another category. And there is a bit of a surprise in your last paragraph where you talk about possible diversification areas that they are looking into. Uh, things like apparel, saris, kitchen utensils, solar panels and chimneys. How did you chance upon that and what do you make of it? What What do some of the people that you spoke make of it? I chanced upon it at the very last moment and almost by accident when I noticed that the articles of association of the company had been changed to incorporate these areas. Now, I didn't really find it that surprising because these in many ways are areas where there is a certain design element, there is a certain style element. And for a company that's looking for more avenues of growth, each of these categories are anywhere between 2,000 crore to 5,000 crore categories with roughly the same margins that the businesses Titan operates in would have. It's going to require a different skill set. It's going to require uh, management attention at a different level. It's going to require the company to bring in new people, people who've worked in these categories and who understand how distribution in, in the Saudi market works. So in the, I think incense sticks was another category that they wanted to get into. It's going to require a different skill set. Not a lot of companies have pulled it off successfully. So again, I would imagine that if they do get into these categories, Fairly aggressively, it would again mean a period of low profitability. But we don't know whether the company is going to go down that road. We don't know that as yet. That's right. But the last thing we need to remember is that none of these categories really are the size of a Tanishka, even close. The converse argument is why really bother with them? Why waste time and management bandwidth? Just keep sort of keep at Tanish. Fine, you've got fast track, you've got Titan I+. And I think somewhere investors will give the company a premium valuation just for that predictability, just so that you can predict where the company will be five years down the line or ten years down the line. If that's very predictable, you'll actually get a premium for that as well. For listeners wondering why Summer is pressing on the jewelry business so much is that it contributes 81% to the company's top line, and it did in 2014. For a watch company who also did jewelry once upon a time, it's it's the other way around now. It's, it's a big contributor, and you say that it's a 100,000 crore market. So that's a big one. Well, Summer, thanks a lot for your time and uh, thanks for joining in. You're welcome. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on Forbes India as well as on iTunes and pick up this issue and uh, write to us uh, feedback welcome. And to have somebody contact you from Forbes for a subscription, message Forbes to 51818.